0: Cross the deserts bear man, I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel I've had my share, man, I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa.
1: Welcome aboard. Every weekend at this time on this station, we take a look at the most interesting aspects of travel. I'm your host, travel journalist Rudy Maxa. And we consider travel in a very broad sense. For example, in this hour, you'll learn the smartest strategy for getting in airline clubs at airports. You'll find out what airline is installing a laser weapon on the belly of their passenger planes to zap incoming missiles. And we'll discuss traveling smart this summer with kids. And you'll learn about a train that if you're a millennial between the ages of 18 and 35, you can join that train on a cross-country ride to share ideas with other millennials in cities across America. Oh, and there's a new product that allows you to turn your smartphone into a phone that can make international calls from abroad very, very cheaply. This was news to me. I suspect you haven't heard of it either. So come on along for the ride, but first a couple of travel items you should know about. You probably know the name Parker Brothers, the creators of the Monopoly board game. Well, that game made the family quite wealthy. They built a family compound on about 16 acres of prime waterfront land on the Bahamian island of Abaco. You can now own your own residence and a guest cottage there, because that property is about to be carved into five residences by a Florida-based investment company owned by a man named John C. Gray Jr. He bought the property ten years ago from the Parker family. Now wouldn't it be cool to you get a private dock, too, by the way. Wouldn't it be cool to to tie your yacht up at the private dock and play Monopoly on board next to your house? Used to be owned by the Parker brothers. If you've ever been delayed by flying, and who hasn't, you know it's customary for airlines to issue meal vouchers you can trade in at airport restaurants if your delay is considerable. Well, those days are coming to an end at Delta. In the future, the airline's gonna roll up a cart with pretzels, snacks, water, and soda, all on the house, of course. It's up to the station manager at each each, uh, gate, basically, to determine if you might get a more generous voucher. You can cash in for a real meal at the airport. Authorities at Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport are advising passengers to show up a whopping two and a half hours before their scheduled flight, for domestic flights, due to occasionally long security lines. Three hours if you're flying internationally. I fly into and out of MSP all the time. I've never seen a line that lasted longer than half an hour, but I guess we got to take the airport at its word. This makes another compelling reason for filling out that form and applying for TSA, what's called TSA pre-status. That allows you to go through a faster checkpoint where no one has to take off uh, their shoes or take your computers out of the bags. I've only stood in line an hour once. That was many years ago at Orlando's airport. MSP says it's working with TSA to reconfigure its security program to be more efficient. I suggest getting to the airport at least 90 minutes before you plan to be in that security line. Two and a half hours. I don't think so. Remember, even if you do have pre-T- excuse me, if you do have remember, even if you do have TSA pre-status, every once in a while the computer might select you at random and send you back to the regular line for a more thorough check. Don't gripe, don't gripe, because nine times out of 10, maybe even more than that, you'll have no trouble getting into that TSA pre-status, pre-line and uh, enjoying a much faster pass through the airport even at Minneapolis-St. Paul. Well, the airlines are always changing rules on us. This time, they're changing rules regarding airport clubs. Uh, We talked a couple of weeks ago how suddenly your American Express platinum card that used to let you in Delta american and u.s. airway airport lounges now only works for delta and now are coming up soon you can only bring you can't bring in a guest in for free or guests it's just you joe brancatelli is a man who can explain it all to us and uh, give us a little bit of a good strategy for getting into airline clubs and not spending hundreds of dollars for each one because these clubs can cost three hundred four hundred five hundred dollars to get in joe welcome back to the show joe of course is the curator of joe dot com a must read if you're a regular trapper hi joe
2: Hello, Rudy. How are you? And I guess Fine. neither one of us are talking from a club right now.
1: No, we're not. We're not. Um, so, what? So, you think that folks ought to start with a pay per visit strategy? What, what do you mean by that?
2: Business travelers like myself, we pay large amounts of money, up to fifteen hundred dollars a year, to make sure we're in every club, every place in the world. But we know we'll use them. If you're going to use a club only once or twice or three times a year. Uh, which is what many leisure travelers face, you're probably better off going and paying as you go. There's a growing number of lounges that that cater to this, one called The Club that have about a half a dozen locations in the United States, another one's called The Airspace Lounge. Uh, American Express itself is building some lounges called Centurion, which you can access with an American Express card at a payment, or it's free if you're Platinum. And every airline that runs the club network in the United States will take you on a one off basis for anywhere from thirty five to fifty dollars now that's a stiff entry charge admittedly, but if you 're only going to use it once or twice a year you 're actually ahead of the game going one at a time and paying as you visit
1: sure because if you pay three fifty a year, which is pretty low these days that's seven visits right there if you 're not going to use them seven times, just give them fifty bucks and walk in and you know pile on the carrots celery and uh and free tea Um,
2: well there's not much free anymore inside the club but whatever you can you can get all the crackers you want
1: well Delta you know I think is trying to make it up to those of us who fly Delta a lot since I live in Minneapolis-St. Paul I have no choice and I did uh, actually I was at where was I was in Los Angeles at their club where they're now putting out shrimp cocktail in the evening pretty good darn shrimp by the way and hot pasta and a great looking salad and I gotta tell you the first three platters of, of shrimp that came out were gone I would say in about 45 seconds but they it's, kept it they kept it coming it's, so you know.
2: it's like a wedding you know i mean clubs are now <laughs> becoming like weddings where all the all the strange cousins and uncles want to grab everything that's free but what's going on at the same time is the airlines are also trying to sell you stuff in the club uh, the delta club is a perfect example now delta doesn't like admitting they're still a southern airline um, but they are based in atlanta their roots are in the south you can't get a free bourbon in a, in a Delta Club. Now, I don't drink, so this is no, not a problem for me. But bourbon drinkers are shocked to learn there's no free bourbon in the Delta Clubs, and if you want to drink uh, of bourbon, you'll have to go to what they call the premium bar and, and spend 8 or 12 or $15 for a shot.
1: Did they used to offer free bourbon?
2: They did. And again, ah. I, 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 I point that out simply because Delta is a Southern Airline. Bourbon right. is the drink. They do have some you know, they do have some, you know, whiskeys and ryes and, and what we call in a bar a well drink, and there are some regular beers, but all of the airlines are now trying to upsell your drink because they realize, well, you'll go to a hotel and spend $25 for a cosmopolitan, so maybe right. they should try and charge you $25 for a cosmopolitan as well.
1: Well, We've only got a minute left, Joe, but I know credit cards, for example, if you have a Delta Gold business you know, card, they'll let you in the Delta Lounge if you have a... An- Platinum Express, you can still get in an American, and you also get a free member in Priority Club, which has hundreds of clubs all over the world, though maybe not in the terminal you're in. So there is a credit card option, isn't there?
2: Yes, there is. Every airline. And the reason why Delta is now the only carrier with American Express is because American Express is their primary banking partner. United oh. has lined up with Chase, so they now issue a credit card that does specifically get you into the United clubs. And American Airlines and U.S. Airways. Have basically lined up with Citibank. Uh, each one has its own special credit card that gets you club privileges. If you buy all three, that's thirteen hundred dollars a year. And the American Express card uh, comes with, as you say, the Priority Club, which is up to six hundred clubs around the world. Although most of them are internationally, although they the Priority Club Priority Pass membership will get you into Alaska Airlines clubs as well.
1: Joe curates the JoeSentMe.com dot com website. Check it out. Stick around. When we come back next, we're going to talk about commercial aircrafts that are beginning to consider anti-missile devices attached to their planes.
0: To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com.
1: Travel rewards usually take forever to earn and even longer to redeem. Introducing Orbits Rewards, the instant approach. Earn and redeem rewards instantly. Book a flight, use the rewards right away for your hotel. Book your hotel and use the rewards to stay longer. Book a package, well, you get the picture. Earn even more when you book using the Orbits app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. Join today and get instant vacation gratification. Go to Orbits.com rewards. That's orbits.com rewards or visit RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. Are you suffering from itchy skin? It's terrible. The itch you can't seem to scratch, being miserable and uncomfortable. You just want immediate relief that lasts. You need TriCalm. It's new and not like the same old itch products in your medicine cabinet. Dermatologists recommended TriCalm relieves itchy skin in minutes, and it's backed by the Itch Free Guarantee. If TriCalm doesn't stop your itch, just mail them the empty tube and they'll send you a full refund. TriCalm comes in a blue and white box in the first aid aisle at CVS, Walgreens, and other fine retailers. Get TriCalm today. And get relief a click a single click of the mouse it seems harmless but what is a click
3: really a click is a decision a click can buy send agree decline cancel a click can say I trust you or I don't the click is a powerful thing and anyone could compromise your personal information so make the one click that can help protect you go to identityguard.com slash free for a free trial identityguard Because it doesn't take much.
4: Here's something you don't hear on the radio every day. Someone who can't see. I am totally blind. And I go through periods where I'm unable to sleep at night and feel like I'm constantly running but can never quite catch up. But this isn't a sleep problem. It's something called non-24. Learn about the link between total blindness and your symptoms. Visit learn more, non24.com or call 855 856 2424.
1: Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals.
0: To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World.
1: Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. Nice to have you here. I read a fascinating column in The Motley Fool, or on The Motley Fool, I guess you would say, since it's on my laptop, written by Richard Smith. He's a contributing writer with The Motley Fool. We all know that uh, security involving airplanes and airports is a... Always on everyone's mind, particularly travelers and airlines. And one of the most secure airlines in the world is generally regarded to be the Israeli airline LL. If you've ever had to check into an LL flight from, say, New York going to uh, uh, to Israel, it's it's quite a process. You're grilled, you're questioned, your suitcases are opened. Um, and uh, so far, LL has been very successful in uh, uh, staving off any problems. But there's a new technology, and LL may very well be the first to adapt it, and that's what Richard Smith wrote about in The Motley Fool. Richard, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here.
3: Thank you, Rudy. Nice to be
5: here.
1: What we're talking about here is a whole new level of security. Uh, What would you call it? I would call it sort of defensive missiles um, or a defensive system, excuse me, um, attached to the body of a commercial jet.
3: That's right. That's right. It's a self-contained anti-missile defensive pod.
1: And does it shoot off little missiles at incoming missiles?
3: It actually uses lasers. It's a ray gun. And
1: and 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 this grew out of an incident several years ago in Africa where bad guys tried to take down a commercial LL uh, plane by by missile, but missed. Correct.
3: This is correct. They fired Strela two uh, surface air missiles at a plane taking off, I believe, from Mombasa, Kenya.
1: And were they just a bad aim?
3: Uh, I do not know. I wasn't there at the time, but um, they did miss. That's, that's they good
1: did miss. News. And so, can you describe how advanced these? I mean, how, how real? How, how close to reality we are for these systems?
3: These systems are already in use today, so it is it is real now.
1: Are they in use on LL aircraft?
3: They are not yet installed on LL aircraft, but uh, they are installed, I believe, on Air Force One. Uh, they have been ordered by. Uh, the countries of Oman, Qatar, and Germany for use with VIP um, passengers on aircraft. It's basically going to be the heads of state of those countries.
1: And I understand that, uh, but that LL is 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 fairly close to installing them on on their aircraft. Its That's aircraft, correct. That's correct.
3: They have a contract to install the the Sea Music. Uh, that's the name of the system. On all LL aircraft, and eventually on all aircraft of all Israeli civilian airliners.
1: And is there one company that does this? I, I seem to recall you wrote about two different companies.
3: Well, the manufacturer of this particular system, the Sea Music, is Elbit Systems of Israel. Uh, there's a similar system which an American company, Northrop Grumman, makes, and that's the one which is being used in um, on uh, the flights today that is already in use.
1: And is there a difference between the two systems significantly?
3: From what I can tell, they are essentially the same kind of technology, working the same. They even have almost the same price tag and the same dimensions.
1: And what do they Uh, cost?
3: They cost, initially, both companies are estimating the initial installation cost at $3 million per airplane.
1: That's soup to nuts, the equipment itself and the installation?
3: Correct. As far as I can tell, yes. Uh, They don't really go into specifics about how they're breaking it down, and I assume that there would be maintenance costs ongoing, but, you know, the the sticker price is 3 mil.
1: And is this a number that is scary or prohibitive for an airline that has a lot more planes than, say, LL does, like United, American, Delta, you know, you list them, there's a long list of them.
3: It depends on who you're listening to. Um, According to the companies which are trying to sell uh, these systems, they believe that if they get significant orders and can manufacture in bulk, they can get the price down from three million to one million per system and to get it to the point where it would essentially work out to a dollar added to each passenger's ticket price. As you'd We're talk- the cost.
1: I'm talking with Richard Smith, he's a contributing writer with the Motley Fool, and he recently wrote a column about this these defensive systems for commercial aircrafts to prevent someone, say, firing a shoulder launch missile at an airplane. Richard I got to tell you, it's something I think about a lot when I fly, because when you look at an airport, there's sometimes a chain link fence, maybe they got a little barbed wire over the top, but it seems ridiculously easy for someone with a shoulder launch missile and apparently you can buy them on the black market in certain parts of this globe, this world, it seems ridiculously easy and it looks like planes are very vulnerable to, commercial planes would be very vulnerable to this.
3: I think if there is a will, there is a way, yes. I and mean, there have been very few incidents of it actually happening. You, you see attempts to shoot down civilian airliners, perhaps a half dozen attempts in the course of a decade over the last 20 years. But, uh, yeah, if if they want to do it, I think they can certainly try to do it.
1: The attempts you referred to, were those using missiles or somebody with a... I mean, yes, these I were
3: surface-to-air missiles, generally. Uh, wow. Sometimes RPGs, sometimes surface-to-air missiles. And you you know, the market is basically flooded with these things now. Uh, you had when Gaddafi's regime fell in Libya, basically all the arms depots got raided, and uh, nobody knows where those missiles are anymore. Saudi Arabia is talking about arming the Syrian rebels with surface air missiles, and, you know, once those are out of hand, you don't know where they're going to go. So the, the threat is out there.
1: I've got to think that uh, international airlines, other than LL, are at least considering this. In your reporting, did you have any, the companies with whom you spoke, did you have any evidence that uh, other airlines are considering?
6: I
3: have to think that they are, but no. I've seen no evidence of another civilian airline outside of Israel interested in doing this. Now, we do know that FedEx, uh, which flies into some pretty dangerous places itself, has been testing the Northrop Grumman system, you know, the the analog to the sea music. Right. Uh, But it's not a a civilian commercial airliner, you know.
1: Have you seen one of these or even a photo of them? Can you look at a plane and see that it's equipped with this?
3: You could see it. It would be obvious. It's basically the size of a canoe uh, glued to the bottom of the plane. That's what it's going to look like. And you can find the photos on the web, so you'd know it if you saw it.
1: What would I look for uh, for the photos?
3: Um where would you look? You could
1: Or what would you Google to find them, I guess I should ask?
3: Uh you would look for the name. Uh you look for Northrop Grumman and mm-hmm. Guardian, which is the name of its system, and you look for Elbit Systems.
1: How do you spell Elbit?
3: E L B I T.
1: Okay, and that's the and, Israeli firm.
3: Yes, and they call theirs the C hyphen Music, M U S I C.
1: Like music traditional spelling. That's a fairly uh, benign sounding name, C Music. It certainly isn't it?
3: does. Good marketing there.
1: Ex- exactly. And do these, I know Northrop Grumman obviously makes lots of other stuff. Do you know if the, uh, the Elbit folks make other things, or were this company set up to make specifically this item?
3: Elbit is, you know, it's small in size, but it's a pretty diversified defense contractor. They're probably best known for their unmanned aerial vehicles, actually, their, their drones. Um, they're very well known for it in the u s General Dynamics has partnered with them to manufacture drones and uh, Russia is actually buying drones and then licensing the right to produce them from Elbit.
1: Now you wrote your column for the motley Fool, which is a column which is a website that has to do with investments and you wrote at it you wrote about it in context of the companies as possible investments mm-hmm. um, are they both publicly held companies
3: Both of these companies are public
1: both in America, or is the Israeli one on the Israeli stock exchange?
3: Uh, the Israeli, you can buy on the NASDAQ here in the U.S.
1: For, El, for uh, the Elbit. And for uh, Elbit. And, uh, and was it your, I mean, this is not a financial investment show, but mm-hmm. is, is it your feeling that this is going to be a growth industry?
3: I believe it will be a growth industry, yes. And uh, if not for this product, then for other products. You know, both of these companies are innovating all the time, um, coming up with new products all the time. Uh, definitely UAVs, which Elbit is making, that's going to, you know, they're getting more popular all the time.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, the UAV?
3: UAVs, the unmanned aerial vehicles, the drones.
1: Oh, UAVs, I'm sorry, right, mm-hmm. right. And does of government, I'm sorry, go right. ahead. No, I'm saying
3: about. that the UAVs in the U.S., they're getting, they're moving towards being able to use them in commercial applications.
1: Sure. You must fly commercially from time to time. From time to time. And what were you thinking when you were researching the story and thinking about having a canoe-sized pod mounted to the underside of your commercial jet that can use laser to zap incoming missiles?
3: Oh, as an investor, I'm thinking, is it going to be affordable for the airlines? Is it going to hurt their, you know, the, the fuel efficiency of the planes? As a passenger, I think, you know, it would be nice to have, depending on where you're flying into
1: Last question. It seems to me that when you take off that's a prime time to get shot and there wouldn't be if you're only you know 1000 feet off the ground is there time for this system to kick in and do any good?
3: Apparently and that's what it's designed for. That's when the surface to air missiles are usually launched on launching and on landing.
1: Well, Richard, I really appreciate you stopping by and uh, talking about this. It's uh, I, I knew this was sort of in the works somewhere, but I didn't know how close it was to version. Thank you. Richard Smith is a contributing writer with uh, The Motley Fool. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. We'll be back after this break. Don't touch that dot.
0: Rudy Max's World is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com.
4: Geico presents a man who just saved on his motorcycle insurance. Name's Mark, and this here beastly hog is Princess. Easy, Princess. Slow your roll. So how does this chopper cowboy save on motorcycle insurance, you ask? Easy. I just strapped on my savings chaps called Geico and bam. I'm saving so much, my princess, well, she gets treated like a queen. Geico Motorcycle. See how much you
0: could save. Suffering from allergy congestion?
4: On my nature walks, I couldn't smell the flowers or breathe in the fresh spring air. Then I discovered Allegra D.
0: Allegra D
1: decongests and depressurizes with a fast, non-drowsy antihistamine, plus a powerful decongestant for 24 hours of congestion-free breathing.
4: Now I don't just appreciate nature. I breathe it all in.
1: Allegra D. Stop suffering. Start breathing.
7: Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Starts working in one hour. Use only as directed. Visit Allegra.com.
0: participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa.
1: It's 33 minutes after the hour. You're listening to Rudy Maxa's World. We talk all travel all the time here every weekend. Glad to have you aboard. Eileen O'Gens has been on the show before. She's a fairly prolific author. Uh, she writes about family travel and has a syndicated column called Taking the Kids. Her website is takingthekids.com, in fact. And Eileen O'Gens joins me uh, now. She's got a new book out, by the way, The Kids' Guide to Boston, published by GPP Travel. It is coming out, well, it's actually coming out in about 10 days, officially. The Kids' Guide to Boston. She, we talked to her last when she did a kid's guide to Washington. Where do you live, Eileen?
6: I actually li- live in Connecticut, Rudy, and also... The Kid's Guide to L.A. has just come out as well.
1: Mine so can't keep a good author down.
6: <laughs> what's fun about these books is we interview a lot of kids in these cities, both local kids and visiting kids, so we really give a kid's take on the destinations. And that's kind of fun Is parents are allowing kids to lead the way more on vacation these days.
1: Uh, don't they lead the way on everything these days i mean <laughs>
6: that's probably very true but i think you like me remember when we were kids nobody asked us what we wanted no. to do or where we wanted to go they just kind of threw us on the back of the car and we liked it or lumped it but these nope. days the kids are the ones researching vacations suggesting where to stay it's really been a total shift
1: well that's i think we can we can thank the internet for that
6: absolutely but i think you know i think it's a good thing really because i think if the kids are happy everybody's going to be happier and we know as parents that often the kids will take us in directions we wouldn't have gone ourselves whether it's a different museum exhibit a a different neighborhood or they may just look at something differently so i think that's kind of fun
1: True enough. I mean, I, I you're, you're absolutely right. I remember the colonel. My father certainly didn't ever consult me on anything we were doing <laughs> about anything. What we're having for dinner, where we're going tomorrow, let alone a trip. Um, yes, we were thrown in the back of the car, and that's the deal, and you grin and bear it. Um, but, no, it is nice having kids involved. It certainly makes a trip more pleasant for everyone, and I think uh, learning to research is is an excellent uh, life craft for a kid to learn and how to budget money. You, you have some advice on on traveling with kids and budgeting money don't you
6: absolutely i think you know i think it's really good to have a conversation with the kids about souvenirs before you go it's important for them some families will take a jar you know and they'll put all their loose change in it and that'll really add up for extra souvenirs or something extra they want to do or you could really talk to the kids about rather than some stupid souvenir that a kid actually told me is just going to gather dust in his room, what would really matter to them? You know, do they want to start a collection of of something? Do they want to buy a picture frame so they could put a picture of themselves in it? Another kid suggested getting something that they would see every day to remind them of their trip, like a keychain, you know, or or a, a patch for their backpack. So, I mean, I think if you have that conversation ahead, that really might inspire the kids and then you're not going to be having these arguments in the souvenir store about why you're not buying that giant pencil.
1: <laughs> what is your advice on driving vacations with kids? How long should you not drive in a day or should you drive in a day so that tempers don't get frazzled and people enjoy their vacation?
6: Well, I definitely think driving is easier these days because of movies and iPads and all of that, all of that stuff. The the negative of that is nobody's talking to each other. So um, one thing I think is really fun, if you can convince the kids, is listen to a book on tape together, because that's sort of a joint activity. Mm-hmm. And and I think you should stop every few hours, you know. And I think at the end of the day, you should, the kids should know there's going to be a swimming pool at the end. And if you can, on the way, stop and have a picnic or or do something, Fun. I think just powering through an eight-hour drive is miserable for everybody. Un- I agree. Unless you have really little kids, and maybe you're going to drive at night when they're asleep.
1: No, I couldn't agree more. I, you know, Eileen, I wonder how we did it as kids. First of all, we, we've both remarked on how nobody consulted us on anything, and there were no iPads or no little flip-down screens with movies on them in our in our in our va- our family vans. Uh, how did we survive?
6: I don't know. It, it must been just really boring, miserable
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> no 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 iPods to listen to it was you know you had to listen to your parents radio station there was no argument on that right score. they
6: never let you listen to anything you wanted to listen to you didn't have maybe maybe at some point you had a transistor radio I'm trying to remember if
1: you were lucky and rich how many kids do you have
6: I have three and um, we did lots of road trips when they were little in my most vivid memories. It's terrible to say, but of my little one getting car sick all the time. Oh, so that's geez. another thing to be concerned about if you're taking that, road yeah, trips. Yeah, that
1: is a, is a whole, whole other issue. How old are your kids now?
6: Oh, they're grown uh, no. 30, 28, and 22. No
1: so. oh boy. So they're going to be reading mom's books to find out how to travel with kids,
6: right? <laughs> Actually, they've been helping me a little bit, doing some... Proofreading, and my daughter, who's a teacher in San Francisco, has been um, interviewing some of her kids for the San Francisco book. Which
1: is I kind was of just going to say, it sounds like a San Francisco book coming up soon. Yeah, next, it to, is, next it
6: is. Actually, I'm writing well, the... the last chapter right now. Actually,
1: well, Eileen Ogan's uh, latest book, Ogan's is spelled O G I N T Z, by the way. Her latest new book in her kids' guide series is the Kids' Guide to Boston. You can find it beginning April 15th, I'm sure, on Amazon.com. Meanwhile, you can follow Eileen on takingthekids.com. Eileen, thank you for joining me today. You as well. We'll be right back here in Rudy Maxa's world right
0: after this break. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. You thought Boost Mobile had low prices before, but now they're dropping lower than ever
1: for anyone switching to a Boost 4G LTE device by April 7th. Are the
3: prices this low? Nah, lower. $35 a month low. How about this? Now nah, try $35 a month for six months low.
1: Wow, that's low. You're right, it's low. That's how Boost Mobile does it. They go $35 a month for six months low, all with unlimited talk, text, and data.
0: Oh, baby. For only $35 a month? I'm down with that. Available at Boost Mobile, Best Buy, and Radio Shack. Boost Mobile.
1: Be heard. No, no, like this. <clears throat> Boost Mobile.
4: Be heard.
1: Offer available 2614 to 4714 at boostmobile.com and select retailers only. Limited to new accounts and purchase a 4G LTE device. Rates increase after introductory rate. Coverage not available everywhere. Includes 2.5 gigabytes per month of high speed data. See boostmobile.com slash 35 plan or participating dealer for details.
6: The 2014 Cupera features plush leather seating that will feel to your hemorrhoids like sitting on lava-hot knitting needles.
0: Not if you step up to relief with the power of two from Preparation H. First, use Preparation H medicated wipes to
1: soothe as they clean. Then Preparation H maximum strength cream to relieve pain and burning.
6: Now sink into that rich upholstery. Mmm, luxurious. Preparation
1: H. Don't stand for hemorrhoids. Use as directed. Look for Preparation H at CVS.
5: If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4.
7: I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled.
5: For more information or to order Relief Factor 4... Go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. Most
1: Americans know they're at risk for identity theft, but many still aren't sure if they need identity guard. To clear things up, you need identity guard if you have done any of the following: opened a bank account.
0: Ordered a pizza, lived indoors, filled a prescription, filed taxes, paid your electric bill, been born, owned a cell phone, attended kindergarten, or visited a website. If you've done any of these, go to identityguard.com free to help protect your personal information with a free trial. Identity Guard, because it doesn't take much.
4: Here's something you don't hear on the radio every day. Someone who can't see. I am totally blind and I go through periods where I'm unable to sleep at night and feel like I'm constantly running but can never quite catch up. But this isn't a sleep problem. It's something called non-24. Learn about the link between total blindness and your symptoms. Visit learnmorenon24.com or call 855-856-2424.
1: Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals.
0: Down. to participate in the program call now at eight hundred three eight seven eight oh two five or log on to RudyMaxa.com. here's rudy maxa welcome back to
1: rudy Maxa's world so nice to have you with me this weekend this is a fascinating project it's called the millennial trains that's plural millennial trains project and i'm delighted to be joined by patrick riley dowd who is the uh, founder and ceo of the millennial trains project um, it's it's so interesting. That I'm gonna since he has to explain it to so many people. I'll let him explain it. Hey, Patrick, welcome to the show.
5: Hi, thanks a lot for having me.
1: Okay, first start with the word millennial. What does that mean?
5: Uh, millennial is a word used to describe folks age eighteen to thirty-four. It's the largest general generational cohort um, in America and in the world today.
7: That's, That's
1: who this our, is aimed at. Exactly. Okay.
5: Uh, those are the participants in our crowd-funded transcontinental train journeys that we're uh leading across the country for young innovators to explore their frontiers across contemporary America.
1: Okay, you have to explain that. Now you have done one. You 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 your inaugural journey from San Francisco to California to Washington in these uh in these cool train cars and you had how many millennials in there in those cars? We
5: had uh twenty four participants in our last journey and all told about uh forty five people on this caravan of vintage rail cars that we use to get across the country and stop in a new city every day.
1: All right. And how did you pick these folks? And I know you've got another one coming up in August. We'll talk about that in a minute. How did you pick these millennials, and what was their task? What, what were they doing? You're saying you're stopping cities every day. What did you do when you do that?
5: Uh, well, the cool thing is that these folks, they picked themselves through crowdfunding uh, on our online uh, platform. They proposed projects that they wanted to advance across the communities where we stopped, and they ranged a whole um, bunch of different topics from energy innovation to environmental conservation to poetry to entrepreneurship, and they crowdfunded $5,000 each to get on board the train and take their message uh, and perspective across the country and interact and learn along the way.
1: Now they have to pitch this. I mean they have to write, I presume, something like an essay saying, "Here's what I want to do. Here's why I'd be a cool guy, cool man or woman to be on the train," right?
5: Precisely. And that pitch is a pitch that they make to their community of uh supporters. And the whole idea for the project is based on the idea that journeys build leaders. And so, through this entrepreneurial process of getting people to support your ambitions and taking them uh across the country, This helps people develop a visceral sense of what does it feel like to do something on a national scale, and what's the diversity and scale of opportunities and challenges that exist in our country.
1: All right, so when you pull into a new town every day, do these 20 participants just fan out and find somebody, or is that prearranged ahead of time? Do they find somebody in a similar field that they meet with? What What do they do in these towns during the day they're there?
5: We do two things in each city where we stop. The first is that we, we have a local hub, which is always a startup uh, or creative design studio. And we go there and we meet with local millennials and senior civic entrepreneurial leaders to hear about what sort of innovative stuff is happening in this city, a place that we stop like Pittsburgh or Omaha or Milwaukee, and what's the vision for the future. And the second thing that we do is uh, all the participants go out in their own directions for six hours every day and advance whatever the project is that they're working on, whether that be uh, civic or entrepreneurial or artistic. And at the end of the day, we all come back together, and it's a magical moment because we then uh, debrief on what was everyone's experience and what did they discover, and we see the city through 24 different lenses. So it's a very rich way to experience the uh, reality and the potential of the cities where we're stopping.
1: When they go out for those six hours, are, are these pre-arranged appointments, or are they, are they just sniffing, following their nose? Uh,
5: we, we put a big emphasis on encouraging participants to make connections before the train arrives in town, and that's Got part it. of the um, spirit of the project, is to reach out and make connections with people uh, who have relevant um, interests and experience in cities all across America.
1: And do, do the participants sleep on the train and eat on the train?
5: Yes, absolutely. Our train cars are from the 1950s, and they double as a mobile innovation lab and dormitory. So everybody sleeps on the train. We also have a lounge car and a glass dome observation car in which our lectures take place. And we have distinguished mentors come on the train to talk about what are the new frontiers in their professional realms, for instance, journalism or entrepreneurship or architecture to expand our perspective. And then we have an on-train cooking staff of uh, actually some millennial uh, line cooks from a, a restaurant in New York, and they provision the meals with local ingredients from everywhere that we stop along the way. And a lot of fellowship is built through that time very, together on the train.
1: Very cool. If you'd like to partic- participate in the August 2014 from Portland to New York, uh, go to this website, Millennial. Train.co. Is that right? Yes, that's exactly right. Hey, thank you very, very much, Patrick Rowley Dow. Nice talking to you. We'll be right back in Remix.
0: Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800 387 8025 We'll be back after these messages. telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa.
1: Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. Hey, if you are on Facebook and you haven't visited me and liked my fan page, please do. I post uh, often some amusing things that occur to me while I'm traveling or pictures of things I see. Uh, You'll find a couple listings for Rudy Max on Facebook. One is my personal page, which I pay very little attention to. And uh, the other is Rudy Max at Travel Leisure. Then there's another one that I don't know what that is. Anyway, uh, just go to Rudy Max at Travel Leisure. Hit like and scroll down. You'll You'll also see links to our guests. So if you hear somebody that you want to know more about, we put links to them there. Mark Weber Tobias is a frequent guest on the show. He's a security expert. He writes a regular column for Forbes.com. And, you know, often in this fifth segment of the show, I talk about a deal of the week. Well, this is sort of a deal of the week in terms of a product. Uh, Mark, this is something I've never heard of. Share it with the audience, will you?
7: Uh, There's a new uh, tech company up in Toronto that I met with uh, actually on three separate occasions to investigate this called No Roaming, K-N-O-W-R-O-A-M-I-N-G. They spent two years developing a high-tech product that basically turns any unlocked phone into a dual SIM phone uh, so that you can route through their network to make much reduced overseas calls.
1: All right, let's back up and, and start with building blocks. What is an unlocked phone versus a not not unlocked phone?
7: Ah, <laughs> uh, Well, a lot of the carriers are still providing phones that are locked to their carriers, so you can't put a different SIM card in uh, to use them w- uh, when you're traveling with local SIM cards or to transport them to other carriers.
1: In other um, words, some, of let, the me carriers stop, let me stop now, right there. So uh, in other words, let, Mark, let me, let me stop and explain this. So in other words, you, buy, you, you get your phone at your local AT&T or... T-Mobile or whatever store, and then you find yourself in France and you'd like to buy a local card that allow you to make calls for very cheaply there and receive incoming calls for free, that phone, if it's not unlocked, will not accept that little SIM card, will it?
7: That's correct.
1: Okay. So how do you, get an, exactly unlo- how do you get an unlocked phone? How do you make sure you have an unlocked phone?
7: First of all, if you're a Verizon customer, all of their 4G phones are unlocked as a corporate policy. AT&T will unlock them. T-Mobile will unlock them. Sprint, I don't know that they're doing anything yet.
1: All right. So make sure before you go abroad, outside the United States, and you want to use your phone using the subject, uh, either either a SIM from that country or what Mark's about to tell us about, make sure by calling your carrier that you have an unlocked phone. Then. So that's step number one. Okay. So you're step number one. So you got an unlocked phone, and 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 this is this no roaming. What are we calling this? No roaming chip. That's now. it.
7: That's what it's called. That's the name of their company. No roaming, as in they understand roaming.
1: Okay. But what what would you call the product?
7: Uh, well, they call it a sticker. It's it's actually. I just wrote an article in Forbes and posted it last week. It's a SIM card overlay, and what it, it's a tiny piece of plastic, and it has an adhesive. It sticks to your SIM card, any size SIM card, because there's three of them out there, depending on your phone, and then it makes what I called an electronic sandwich, and this little sandwich fits into your SIM card slot. And what happens is the contacts on the card talk to the contacts on your SIM card, and they also talk to your phone. So when you travel to Canada or overseas, you basically load their application beforehand, you tell it switch to our SIM card rather than your local carrier's SIM card. When you do that, it routes through their network for greatly reduced data and voice rates.
1: Okay it, so it, it's, it, it's, clever. it's it's it's, it's a, just a little sticker you put over and you take it off when you come home then
7: No you leave it on it doesn't you, then you revert to your home carrier when you come home but okay. it sits there so whenever you want to travel
1: And do you have any idea of the magnitude of savings?
7: Yeah, uh, I did an extensive analysis. Some countries, there's no savings, just like there isn't on Verizon, on AT&T, on T-Mobile. These are the countries that are really expensive that that don't really have beneficial roaming agreements. Some countries, most of the EU, for example, $0.08 a minute for inbound Whoa. phone calls uh in comparison to a dollar dollar 25 a minute sure. and data rates as low as 8 cents a megabyte which is pretty good um compared to for example Verizon or AT&T now i think we had talked about before the T-Mobile plan which is really tough to beat but this is a good deal and you don't need a second you don't need to subscribe to a second number and this is all prepaid put it on your credit card, it never expires, and it gives you instant call accounting. But the coolest deal, let's say you're going to be in Italy for a couple weeks, and you want a local phone number so people you know in Italy can call you, Uh, for under $5 a month, you can subscribe to local phone numbers in 29 different
1: countries. Through no roaming? Yes. All right. And so... I mean, you this, can this have is a Mark. Local this is amazing. Um, we have about 30 seconds left, but I want to ask you where how do you, how do I find more about, out about this? No And no is spelled K N O W, all one word no roaming.com. Yes. So it allows you all right. to in in many countries particularly in Europe to make cheaper calls and also you can attach a local for 5 bucks a month, a local in-country phone number. That's fabulous. Mark. Yeah. Uh, That's I thank correct. you so much. Yep, you
0: can read, Mar- to you later, can read Mark.
1: You can read Mark Weber. Hey, take care. You can read Mark Weber Tobias' writings at Forbes.com. I'm Rudy Max. We're going to take a short break. Uh, If your station's leaving us, we'll see you next week. Otherwise, stick around. We'll be right back.
0: You've been listening to Rudy Max's World. And as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.